Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. Today on the Ether, what's the latest with Kado Money? Hosted by Dr. Doscoin of Orbital Command. Let's take a listen. Dr. Doscoin coming to you all live from the OC account today. Just bear with us a moment as we get a few things in place here. We are going to be chatting with uh, Kado. We've got Vince from Cardo, and I believe we might even have someone else from the team jumping up. I'll find out in a moment. I'm just going to bring up Vince as a co-host. All right. If I am not mistaken, Vince should now be able to speak. I don't know. For some reason, it didn't come up as a speaker. Always a little glitch with Twitter. Bear with us. Just a moment. And as per usual, this space will be recorded by Terra Spaces. You'll be able to listen back to that on terraspaces.org. I think Cardo Vince can now jump up. Can you hear me there, mate? Yes, sir. What's going on? Hey, how are you going? Doing good, man. Looking forward to this. Yeah, likewise. What I'm going to do before we kick things off is I'll just find out, is there anyone else that's jumping on the call today? Yeah, so Cardo John there should uh, be hopping on as well. Great. I'll bring Cardo John up. Great. So we've now got Cardo John coming up. Uh, mate, I feel like I've been watching so much of yours and uh, Emery's recent content, and uh, I feel like I kind of know you at this point, but um, I'm looking forward to getting to know you better over the next hour. For anyone that's tuning in, uh, as with most OC spaces, they typically run for one hour. The purpose of the call is for you to all feel much more informed about what is happening at Cardo by the end of the call. Um, as I said, it's an hour. I'll be asking some questions. I've got plenty of questions here. And so I've got a couple from the Discord as well. If you're not in the OC Discord, you can join that. And we have a Twitter channel where you can ask questions if you feel shy about getting up on stage. Other than that, um, with that being said, Cardo, Vince, and Cardo John, welcome to the Orbital Command Twitter Spaces. How are you? Both of you. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. Great to be Thanks here. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So what I'll do is just kick it off with finding out a quick bit about uh, both your roles. Obviously, I know that um, – actually, well, I'll, I'll let you answer. If you're able to just kind of give the people a quick rundown on who you are and what you do at Cardo. Cool. Yeah, so uh, real quick here, Vince, uh, co-founder, COO here at Cardo, uh, really leading up our business development and uh, partnership efforts. And uh, Cardo John here. Uh, I'm the head of product over at Cardo. So all things roadmap. Uh, all things, you know, building out what we're doing now, what we're doing later, what we're excited about building, um, you know, all that is is product. Fantastic. So what I'll do for anyone that I'm sure most people on this call probably know exactly, you know, what Cardo is, but maybe some don't. So for people that don't, what is the sort of TLDR of Cardo? Yeah, so TLDR, uh, Cardo, Building Payments Infrastructure for Web3. 
really, you know, focusing on these uh, Web3 native businesses and how do we onboard users, you know, directly into their application or into their use case and, you know, make it much more seamless than, you know, it has been in the past. So right now, really focusing on fiat to crypto solutions and, you know, onboarding, you know, the world into Web3 directly and, uh, you know, many more kind of exciting verticals and use cases in the future. Fantastic. And for everyone that doesn't know, obviously, Cardo were around pre-Terra Crash. And uh, of course, that put a spanner in the works. But you guys bounced back really quickly. I believe it was about a, a two-week turnaround. Is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you know, just like a flash there. And we had to move quick. I think, um, you know, that event kind of took everyone by surprise, even, you know, understanding the risks of the ecosystem and kind of the, you know, exciting experiment that was, you know, happening there. But um, we've always been focused on the multi-chain story, the multi-chain approach. We're never, you know, putting all our, our eggs in that basket. Uh, but it was a great, you know, proof of concept for us to really get our training wheels off, so to speak, of the, you know, fiat on and off ramp approach and learning the ins and outs of that experience and really getting our product market fit, essentially, of being this Web3 savvy on-ramp that is needed in the space today and really this community on-ramp you know as we serve the the terra ecosystem and give back into the needs of all the builders and ways we could onboard folks directly into their protocol into their application and do we realize that so many ecosystems out there in web3 need exactly that so it was a you know logical approach to to jump right into the cosmos ecosystem we're really excited about you know the innovation that's happening there with the app chain world and the future of native cosmos usdc and dydx moving over from ethereum layer 2 and building their own app chain i think that a lot of momentum is going to continue to pile into the cosmos ecosystem in the future but we're also live on Solana. Avalanche and Ethereum, really excited about those ecosystems as well and continuing to expand multi-chain. So after everything happened with Terra, we really were immediately, as it was happening, on the phone with a bunch of these ecosystems and building out ways that we could support them as soon as possible. So it might have felt like a, a week or two there when we were live before the V2 launch, but it definitely felt longer as we were grinding it out and getting ready to build. So just a quick kudos to the team and everyone, John, everyone that handled that very swiftly and uh, couldn't be more bullish on kind of the group that we've put together internally to navigate the the choppy waters of the web through crypto world, right? There's never a dull moment. There's always something that's hiding around the corner and you got to be ready to be nimble and be light on your feet. Yeah, that's a point that was touched on in a podcast or in a Twitter space recently on, uh, I think it was one of Tenderman Timmy's and Emery was just saying, you know, he was asked the question around uh, vertical versus horizontal uh, partnerships, integrations, and just saying that obviously, you know, when it worked, it worked with Terra. Everyone, you know, you were you, you were integrating and forming partnerships vertically solely on Terra. And then, of course, the collapse happened and that sort of makes everything go back to zero. But um, this time around, you're going horizontally. You're, you're going cross-chain as much as possible. So we know that you're on Ethereum. We know that you're on Avalanche. We know that you're on Solana. The newest phase of this is getting onto Osmosis, Juno, Kujira, and Terra, all via the uh, partnership with Axlar. Can you tell us uh, a bit about what went in behind the scenes to form that partnership, um, You know your thoughts and views on it so far, and sort of maybe some of the intricacies of working with Axlar from a technical standpoint? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll let uh, John jump in in a second on the uh, product flow there that's happening in the background. But uh, from a you know strategic standpoint, it was a no-brainer for us to really lean into some of these top uh, app chain hubs in the Cosmos ecosystem, and especially Osmosis. Um, we were already working with the Osmosis team and Sunny prior to the UST collapse, as UST was the main stablecoin in you know Cosmos and in the Osmosis you know, Dex platform. And uh, folks were already using Kato to on-ramp into Kepler with their UST and then sending it into Osmosis to be able to on-ramp into the DEX in kind of a one-two process there. So we were working with them on making it seamless and direct onboarding directly into the DEX. And uh, the right after everything happened with Terra, it was an immediate pivot to the Axelar conversation. We were on the phone with them within a week or two after everything that happened. Uh, so obviously... Sunny and team moved very quick to figure out a solution to get a, another stablecoin into the platform and, and keep on top of some of the liquidity there and uh, continue to make things run as we obviously transition into a future down the road where native USDC is coming into the Cosmos space and some of these more Cosmos native stablecoins like Agoric IST, like um, Kajira's USK, and a bunch of others that are kind of coming to the mix here. In the future, there's going to be a lot more of, of a gap to be filled there. So Osmosis in general and Juno and Kajira, we're, we're really excited about partnering with these folks. It was a no-brainer for us to launch there as the initial you know, repositioning for V2 with us. And um, you know, Osmosis specifically being that you know, lo- the liquidity gateway into all of Cosmos. So you know, all of the different app chains, they have all their tokens listed on Osmosis and so many folks flow into the cosmos ecosystem by starting at osmosis as that liquidity gateway to then get into any token that they want and then interchange send it via ibc into that end chain that they want in their destination so for kato to be that fiat gateway into the ibc liquidity gateway it is a really exciting uh kind of flow of money that can enable many different onboarding use cases in these different app chains where a lot of the smart contract work is being done in the back end. And that's where Axelar comes into play of a great use case of on-ramping directly into smart contracts where, uh, you know, these steps that otherwise would be manually taken by the user uh, are all done in one seamless transaction. And the name of the game for us is removing manual steps that users need to take all the clicks and steps and fees and transactions involved to get, from your bank account into your self-custody wallet and using DeFi, so many of those steps are blocking users from actually converting into the space in the first place. So Axelar, they do a great job of you know connecting the multi-chain world, right? And uh, removing all the friction to move from one chain to the next and the ability for us to on-ramp uh, from our banking rails into the Axelar uh, network contract to then send axr usdc into your wallet within a minute or two uh is been a great experience for users and there's definitely a lot more exciting integrations in the future but um yeah that's that's kind of what's happening and, and kind of the process we've been taking after everything that happened and pushing forward into cosmos from a strategy perspective yeah and, and sort of on axlar right axlar built this kind of tool set um, focused on this kind of high usability, 
uh, high reusability, high modularity that just kind of made sense. You know, that's how we focus on building things as well. And so when you come out with this tool set, you know, that accepts what we output and then it, it, it spreads it out into the world that Axelar has available. Um, that's just kind of a recipe for success, right? So when we encounter, you know, maybe in the future, we encounter more bridges, more networks, more assets, you know, any kind of this like reusability and modular format, um, we can actually plug into and we plan on plugging into to get you directly into the end, the crypto end destination that you want to be in, right? You, you, chances are you don't just want to buy Terra into your wallet. Uh, you don't want to buy Luna into your wallet and just let it sit there. You're buying it for something. You want to stake it, pool it. You want to, you know, swap it, whatever it is. Uh, you want to do something with it. So our goal, uh, like Vince said, is to get you into that end destination, not just to get you the thing that you want to buy, right? Um, there's a whole journey there that we want to help you facilitate. Yeah, which which ties in with your tagline, skip the sex, which is skipping the centralized exchange. Anyone that might think that I'm speaking about something else there. But um, the idea is to skip the sex and go direct from your bank uh, to your Kepler wallet. And then once you're in your Kepler wallet, then of course you have access to uh, all the chains that are part of IBC. And so, you know, this this is awesome, by the way, that you partner with uh, Axler and this is being enabled. And of course, we've got a few chains so far that have been rolled out and there's many more to come. Eventually, the, the plan is that you will be uh, sort of available or you can easily sort of off-ramp uh, with any on offering with any Axelar connected chain, right? Yeah, yeah. So the 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 goal here. So right now we're on a few Axelar uh, 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 chains that uh, or chains that uh, Axelar touches. The uh, sh- short term goal is to be on all of them. Um, and, and so, yeah, so, I mean, we want to be able to on-ramp into off-ramp from anything that actually touches Axelar. That, that that's one of our short term goals right now. Got it. And so, in the same way that. Axelar enables this. Um, are there any considerations around, you know, how Axelar could pr- potentially be, you know, a point of failure or a bottleneck should something happen within uh, Axelar? Yeah, I think that's always something to, you know, consider as bridges. We've seen the, the risks in some, involved there with some other bridge solutions over the past year in terms of the hacks that can happen there and, and the risks of, of funds uh, being just idle sitting in those pools at bridges. So one thing is Axelar is top notch when it comes to their security practices, their security audits. If you, if you look at, you know, looking from looking at security from a first principles, top down approach and kind of the side by side comparison of the, the work that they've done compared to some other bridges in the space, uh, they definitely set themselves apart from that standpoint. And, you know, also just making sure from our standpoint, we have everything in place to protect our users, right? We don't, uh, have our users' funds sitting in the bridge to be vulnerable, and we have all of the kind of kill switches if anything did happen in a worst case scenario uh, kind of backstop process. But um, I know that Axlar is working all day, every day on making sure that their security is top notch as well, and working on Black Swan scenarios and making sure that the whole ecosystem is protected there. So there's definitely uh, some some risk there as well, as well, but they're leading the charge when it comes to the security first principles. And uh, another reason why we are excited at the end of the day to get native USDC into the Cosmos ecosystem, just to remove, you know, some of those fears that folks might have using bridges today. Certainly. And just as I guess a follow-up question to that is around, is there anything that Cardo can do specifically? Like, is it, is it, is it kind of out of your hands 
when it comes to mitigating any, you know, and this is all hypothetically, but any potential issues that may arise from a hack or something of that nature uh, with Axelar, is there anything that Cardo can do to, to mitigate that? Or are you just sort of trusting and hoping that, um, that everything sort of works? Yeah, there's really not much that we do in terms of uh, managing users' funds or kind of protecting user funds from that standpoint. We're very much just built for the self-custodial future of Web3 and allowing folks to directly access their funds when they want it. When they want it, they're fully in control. We're not a custodian on behalf of their funds and uh, kind of holding their funds as they use their wallet in these different Cosmos ecosystem uh, dApps. So... Uh, we really are just kind of that pass through in and out, connecting their bank to their crypto. But, um, you know, all, always working on ways that we can continue to educate our users, protect them in worst case scenarios and have any of these kill switches or backups in, in any worst case scenario practice. But, uh, yeah, we're not like uh, trying to backstop any pegs or any of that fun stuff. And I'll add on to that as well. It depends on, you know, what from what like angle you're asking from. If you're asking from like a bridge security standpoint, like Vin said, we, we we probably don't touch much of that. But if you're asking from a, you know, if if I use Kado um and Axelar is somehow compromised, will my funds with Kado be compromised? And so if you're asking from that standpoint, you know, like what Vin said, we don't hold anything and and one of our principles is to be as instant as possible, right? And so fiat comes in, crypto goes out, uh, it goes to you. Uh, it doesn't get held anywhere at Kado. So there's, you know, uh, I think it'd be different if we were holding a bunch of funds and then like that might be able to get hacked or, or something like that. But in this case, you know, purely transactional, when you buy something, you get it. When you sell something, you get it. No, it's not being held anywhere. So no one can really get to it. I'm trying to get you that crypto in like three minutes, right? Um, so, so it depends on what angle you're talking about from a, from a, are my funds safe going through Kado? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Awesome. Thank you for clearing that up. And regarding the, uh, partnerships that you have with the payment gateways, I, I heard a little birdie say something to the effect of, uh, SIPA and faster payments. You're working to work with them. Do you have, you know, is there a sort of ETA on when that will be done? Uh, good question. So, so um, uh, one of our big objectives right now is to basically expand the optionality of what we have today. So, you know, the thing works. It get it gets you uh, whatever you want to buy in like two and a half. I think our like time to wallet right now, uh, from when you hit that submit button to crypto hitting your wallet, is like two and a half minutes on average. So, so we have a product that works today. People are using it. One of our goals is to expand the optionality, right? So that is uh, more assets, uh, more networks, more um, uh, payment methods, and more wallets to on-ramp into. And so all of that, we're taking what we have today and we want to expand it out. So part of that is that payment methods. That's a really big um, uh, priority for us is to get those international, more local payments. That's currently what we're working on right now. And so some of those should be coming out pretty soon. Yeah, you know, uh, SEPA, faster payments, uh, those are at the top of the list of the, uh, the international payment methods. So yes, soon. Yeah, and one, uh, one thing I'll add on to there that I think gets lost a lot of the time in any fiat on-ramp conversation is it's all about the on-ramp. 
which yes, is, is definitely important. When we're talking about getting new users and new fiat capital into the Web3 ecosystem, which is our primary you know, purpose here, is we need to make sure that the off-ramp is available globally as well. Right When uh, a new user is, is thinking about onboarding into a fun Cosmos game, this new ecosystem, they want to play around with Osmosis, they are ready to make the jump, but they realize that you know, they don't have a way to get back out if they want to. They're going to feel like they're trapped. And that, again, is one of the things that blocks so many users from coming into the space in the first place is they can't easily get back out. And that's a big focus of ours as well is, is the local off-ramping globally anywhere around the world you could it opens up a lot of use cases too in terms of paying employees around the world and dow payments and validators and you know just businesses that need to manage their funds and off-ramp to fiat which is you know necessary today unfortunately as not everything is running on crypto rails up to this point and you know people need fiat to pay for things in the real world today so uh that is another big focus of ours is that off-ramp global support Awesome. Thank you for that answer. I'm just, I've just had my main man, Debs, also jump up. So I'm just going to check in with Debs and see if Debs has a question there. Debs, the thread master. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, yeah. Kato, th- thanks for joining us. Hayden, thanks for hosting the spaces. Um, yeah, everyone should know, at, le- at least if you follow me, how I feel about Kato by now. Like, it's, it's the easiest way to go from fiat to crypto. Like, it is. It is so seamless. It is so easy. So I, I, I won't do any more shilling there, right? No financial advice. However, um, great product. Uh, I did have a question. Uh, and my question is, um, you know, is, is kind of like, it seems like it would be natural progression here to move towards like automated, I guess, like investing or pulling from your bank account and on-ramping into ecosystems. And then maybe even a progression into sort of like a DCA functionality. I'm just kind of curious, like what the team can tell us, like, is this part of the plans? Um, And then if so, when? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good question. And, and, and something that we're actually really excited about uh, working on, um, which is this mechanism for, let's say, like a time-based or automatic-based ramping and on and off ramping, right? And so, so if you think about, if we work on that mechanism, we build that out, what, that, what does that actually mean is exactly what you alluded to, which is then um, if you can say, well, I'm going to time a ramp for, let's say, um, once a week or once a month or let's say when a certain asset is a certain price or um you know uh uh when the certain events happen you ping your credit card and, and and you buy something right and so that mechanism actually opens up the world for a ton of different things so that is something we're working on we're actually really excited with it we're also uh uh working with a bunch of partners on what that actually means right so the working with phase on the dca working with apollo on streaming payments we're working on limit buys ourselves Right. And so that that opens up a whole world. Very excited about it. The when is a um, uh, we want to get Kado out to as many people as we can. So the the payment methods, destinations, chains, assets, we want to get that out. And then we want to start focusing on this mechanism for that. So when would be, you know, probably not in the next, you know, couple months, but uh, it is a it is a priority for us. Okay, great. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And and, it, and it's not to take away from what's already been created. Like what's already been created has tremendous value 
Um, but um, it, it's always nice to get information about that and get excited about the future. So that's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah, great yeah. question. Wonderful question there, Dave. Really appreciate that one. Um, that has just made me think about, you know, you're talking about tremendous value that's provided. And so what we're talking about here is ease of access for users to get involved in crypto. And the benefit to the crypto space is that it's bringing new capital in rather than, you know, sucking it out from different chains. So, of course, you know, you're, as we said earlier, you're already with uh, Ethereum, Avalanche, Solana, et cetera. And rather than, um, you know, moving, essentially just moving money between the chains, it's like, cool, let's get more money coming in organically from, you know, I'm using quotation marks in my, my space here, um, the real world. Um, as far as attracting new people into this space to experience this for themselves, you know, is Cardo doing anything from a marketing perspective and, and sort of what's happening, uh, I guess, on that front to get the word out in front of noobs, for want of a better term? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that that always goes hand in hand in any on-ramp or onboarding conversation. Uh, I think one thing is we're, we're definitely starting to get into the educational side of things when it comes to marketing and guiding new users that might get pointed into the Kado platform. Their buddy's like, hey, you got to get into osmosis. Here's how you do it. You got to use Kado. And that can be intimidating for someone that is not you know, a crypto native or very knowledgeable about the space today and setting up your wallet, managing seed phrases. And, you know, if you lose your seed phrase, you lose your money. There, there's definitely uh, things that you need to kind of educate and guide folks on as they onboard into the space. Uh, what I will say is we're, we're very much so focused on also leaning into our partners uh, that are actually building all these amazing applications in the space of their, we're trying to best serve their needs uh, from an onboarding perspective and, and make the UI UX much easier when it comes to onboarding into their application. And they're going to be creating this great demand into the space that is going to make new users and new fiat want to come in, right? Whether it be, an amazing DeFi platform like Osmosis, whether it be a gaming platform on Passage or on Secret Network, Bushy, uh, there, there's a lot of utility and experiences that are going to want to drive users and fiat into the space. And we're in the business of serving these Web3 builders and these Web3 applications and just having the product be the most seamless experience possible to get in and out. So that's, that's a focus from a uh, partnerships and marketing perspective at this point. But always hand in hand, we have FAQs and tutorials on uh, if you don't have a wallet, what is a wallet? What is a blockchain wallet? How do you know what chain you're setting up your wallet on? And uh, if you look at our FAQ.cado.money, there's a lot of those educational kind of tutorials that we're going to continue to build out as we get more integrations and as we continue to build out the needs of these different builders. Yeah, the, the, the best marketing is always going to be a protocol. You know, it, it was like Anchor 20% back in the day, right? That was the best marketing. You, you, it was better than any sort of article or blog that you could put out. Um, the best marketing is like, you know, Luna went up 40% the other day. Um, that's always going to be the best marketing, right? And so, you know, we, we can, uh, we want to be there so that when that organic marketing, when people actually see the value and they're interested by the value and they want to convert, we want to be there to make it easy, as easy as possible to convert. 
um, and, and so that you know that people can get into crypto when they want to, and so that these you know our partners and and whoever's integrating with us can capture that new interested uh, fiat capital. Could you see yourself doing any sort of sponsorship? I you know like when I'm watching, say the UFC for example, I'm a big UFC fan, and so. You see these um, companies like Crypto.com advertising. You see, you know, the FTXs and the, the, the other organizations that are essentially catering to um, the not crypto native world. Um, could, could you see yourselves doing any of that, sort of advertising in, in the meat space? I definitely do imagine a world where that is a reality. I would say right now, our thesis is really being much more on the Web3 savvy side of the spectrum, where we're serving, at, to this point, the Web3 power users and the crypto natives. A lot of the users that are onboarding from Kado into Osmosis or into Juno Network, into Kajira, a lot of them are, are you know, they're deep in the space, right? They, this is the, we're in the bear market right now. There's not a lot of excitement and hype around crypto. Like John said, there's not a lot of these price crazy movements that are trying to pull a lot of you know folks into the space at this point. And our, our main thesis is that a lot of users are going to go through this kind of educational spectrum of starting to dip their toes into crypto. And they're going to do that using a centralized exchange and something like Coinbase. It's easy. They can speculate on the token and, and easily buy it without having to worry about setting up a wallet or any of these other friction points, at least at this point in the crypto life cycle of the space today. Uh, but as folks inevitably, you know, you buy a token, we've all gone through this process, right? If you dip your toes in, you're invested financially, you start going down the rabbit hole, you start becoming immersed in it. And you start to realize that there's this whole world out there in the Web3 space of applications and platforms and, and use cases that you can't do on a centralized exchange. So yes, we love the, you know, the bad sex jokes and skipping the sex. And uh, that, that is the value that we provide for users. But they're, they're not going to completely go away, the centralized exchanges. They, they still do serve a purpose there. And then when you want to go explore DeFi, you want to move funds to your own self-custody wallet, and you don't want to go through that friction of having to go to, through a centralized exchange to then move to your self-custody wallet. Kado is here to serve those users that want to go direct to DeFi, direct to Web3, move directly between their bank account and their wallet. So at this point, uh, focusing a big effort on consumer marketing and folks that don't understand crypto today wouldn't really be the best use of our time. And it's not the best value that we provide where there's still a lot of friction points that remain to be solved. I think the wallet is one of the big things today, aside from fiat onboarding, is one of the big things that needs to be solved. The, the seed phrase friction and the it's scary for users getting into the space and, and managing funds and having to write down your seed phrase and hide it behind your bed or something like that. There's uh, There needs to be a better solution there. and. You know, I'm talking with folks every week that are coming up with these solutions as we speak. So I think as the whole space uh, gr kind of grows up and matures and there's better onboarding experience across everything, we'll be able to serve more of the mainstream user base because crypto is the most exponentially growing industry in our lifetime. Is it something that I fully believe? And I hope a lot of people believe that too. And, you know, if you're here right now during the bear market, 
you're going to make it, right? Like this is the time where most people fall off. They don't get excited. But if you stay in it now and the space continues to grow, there's going to be an amazing future here. And that's where Kata is going to continue to kind of ride the coattails of the whole industry of uh, the higher lows, right? This bear market has more power users than the last bear market. And then in the next bull cycle, it's going to spike and there's going to be tons more users in the last bull cycle. And it's going to continue to go up and down like that up to the right. And uh, that's how we're going to continue to get more power users and, and Web3 natives uh, into the space. Yeah, I agree with everything you've just said there and including the uh, the approach of sort of gearing it towards crypto native first and then uh, expanding it out after. And so there was something you touched on in the middle, um, which was around uh, gaming, integrating with gaming. And I heard this also, this was sort of something that was said in passing on another podcast I listened to of you guys recently um, about the ways in which Cardo can be uh, integrated with game. Gaming, we all know, is one of the fastest growing industries on the planet. Um, people that are in gaming are already tech savvy um, more often than not. And so, you know, what are the applications you can see for Cardo uh, with gaming? And and do you have anything in place at the moment as far as uh, a roadmap for partnerships integrations with uh, Web3 gaming? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think uh, gaming, like you said, is going to be one of the fastest growing verticals in the crypto space because it's one of the biggest if not the biggest industry today right especially for consumers and when we talk about you know crypto and DeFi, it's very market focused the liquidity of the stock market is significantly impacting the liquidity of the crypto market and the prices of the crypto tokens and uh it's it's not bear market proof right it's going to go through these financial cycles but gaming is one of those things that's essentially bear market proof, where if someone launches a, a fun game today that hits it out of the park and just anyone that doesn't understand crypto, they see a game that's just fun to play and they want to play it. Tons of users are going to come into the space, even at the bottom of a bear market, just because there's a fun game to play. Um, so that's something that is going to be really exciting in the future as these real game developers are coming into the space. And they're thinking about it from a true gaming perspective. A lot of the games over the past year or two have been trying to build it on top of crypto and not focus on just building the best game. And then when you throw the best kind of crypto reward applications on top of it as an icing of the cake, it's gasoline on the fire. It's, it's completely turbochar- turbocharging an actual gaming experience in Web 2. And leveling up what it can be done on web three rails. Uh, I think it's still pretty early in terms of what we're seeing uh, a game actually hit it out of the park, but there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the background and being built. It just takes a long time to build a game, but we've been speaking with a lot of gaming developers and builders and studios because of that, uh, the necessary ability to onboard a game from your bank account, from your credit card especially when we talk about bringing new users into the space that aren't crypto natives and they don't already have Ethereum or Solana on their wallet to go and play a game in DeFi, they need to be able to onboard as easily as they onboard into any game on the App Store, on Xbox, on PlayStation, and then they're free to play the game. They're earning these rewards. They can off-ramp it to their bank account to pay their bills. It's a lot of exciting use cases and and partnerships that we'll be rolling out in the future here. And uh, I'll, I'll let John jump in from the product perspective there too. 
Yeah, I mean, so so gaming, you know, gaming, of course, uh, you know, if we if we take the the stance that like gaming itself is going to be like the self marketer, right? So if your game is fun, people will come and play it. So then all all the other things, right? So gaming actually includes a bunch of stuff that exists in Web three that we could actually help with. So if you think from like tactically tactical perspective, let's say. You know, today, if you want to play a Web3 game, chances are you might need an NFT of an avatar or something like that, right? Um, so so how many average users um, uh, will want to play that game, but will have uh, will be active on that network, will have the main token of that network, and will be will have the wallet of that network and be able to buy an NFT with that token, right? It's it's not that many considering the the whole population that might be interested in that game. And so, so there we can help out with a bunch of things, right? Um, uh, we can help you get an NFT with fiat, right? So getting your, your first NFT on the, your character or your microtransaction or whatever it is. The second thing is that microtransaction. So if you wanted to buy something through that game, right, we could actually help you buy that if you didn't have the, the token that it, that it needs to buy it with. Right? We can help you get that with fiat. Then there's things like subscription models. There's you know whatever any sort of place where, um, you know again our guiding principle is if you if you have you have fiat today and you have crypto, um, we want to erase the line between those. And so anywhere where you would today need to pay buy something or mint something or whatever it is with crypto, we believe you should be able to do that with fiat. Um, and so, so tactically, if you think through all of those things, right? It's the avatar. It's the microtransaction. It's the payment. It's the you know, buying the game, it's the, 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 I don't know, wow subscription model or whatever it is, that's where we actually could play pretty well in that, in that world. Yeah, this is super exciting stuff because I like to sort of forecast and just do a bit of trend forecasting from a social perspective or society you know, perspective and look at it and be like, okay, cool, where do I think things are going in future? And so while, you're, while you were chatting then, I was just having a look at a couple of quick numbers on gaming stats. And so, you know, it's a, well, obviously it's a huge industry. It's turning over about $180 billion a year. And it's got each generation that comes through more po- more percentage of the generations play games. So at the moment, about 81% of Gen Zs play it. And the gaming landscape is going to shift and change over the coming years, uh, undoubtedly, especially as more of the AI stuff comes out and AR stuff gets more popularized and the VR stuff gets more popularized and it becomes much more immersive. And so I'm imagining a world in you know ten years time where there are actually really good high quality games being you know, blockchain games that are being built because at the moment you know all the play to earn stuff it's pretty basic but I can imagine a world in say ten fifteen years where it is um, much more immersive and high quality and people want to be involved in playing it and there's integrations with D, uh, DeFi and people are able to you know actually you know have play their games as a job. Um, and so having something like Cardo, let's say, say that we zoom out and Cardo has become the go-to solution for uh, onboarding you know, new fiat into crypto and uh, making those transactions super seamless. Um, it, it, to me, it's, like, it'd be, it's akin to like what PayPal was in the early 2000s. You know, the internet was exploding. Um, and I'm, just, I'm like, okay, could, is, there a, is there a situation where Cardo can be the what PayPal was to internet, um, can Cardo be that to Web three? That, that, that's a that's a great question. Yeah. So so I mean, like, there's also like a future where 
Web3 just isn't even visible, right? So, so today, if you buy something in a store, like you don't know that you're going through Stripe or, or you know, Square or whatever it is. You just kind of swipe your credit card and you get the thing that you wanted to buy. So there's a world where that's also crypto, right? So, so Web3 doesn't, it, it, you don't know that you're interacting with crypto. And so if you go, you know, think about, you know, Vince said, we're, we're, we're Web3 payments infrastructure. Right, it's payments infrastructure. You, you you may not even need to ever touch a wallet or touch a token or whatever it is, but we are facilitating that transaction between fiat and Web three to get you the thing that you want, whether it was a digital thing or even a you know a real life thing. You go into a store and you want to buy something with crypto. Um, so so I mean, absolutely. I'll, I'll let Vince you know give you his thoughts also. Yeah, I was just gonna say that that was a great little marketing slogan there you gave us. I'm gonna add it to our pitch deck. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, well, speaking of marketing, I'm aware that you, uh, Cardo, are looking for some staff at the moment. What specifically are you hoping to acquire? What talent, what skills are you specifically looking for? Yeah, so I think always looking for the best engineers in the space. That's you know always the top priority is getting the best builders, getting the best talent. Right. The, the, a lot of people are focusing on the tech in crypto, but people make the tech. And people partner with folks that are building applications. And so those those are the two main focuses right now is getting the best builders as well as uh, starting to build out our business development organization and find someone to help out on a partnership side. Where, uh, like you, like I said, right now the big focus is serving these Web three application builders and partnering with them to best back into their needs from an onboarding perspective. Learn about the frustrations and friction they've had using some of the other you know, options in the space up to this point is that we completely disrupt and remove that friction for them. And the, the name of the game is really enabling much higher conversion rates of users and new fiat into their application. So there's a big world out there when we talk about Web3 application builders, even just looking at the Cosmos ecosystem itself, there's all these different chains. And within each chain, there's so many different uh, ecosystems that are building from the ground up in different applications that are going to be there. And then you look at Solana, Avalanche, Ethereum, Near, Aptos, Sui, it's going to continue to grow. So uh, that's the best way that we can really serve these Web3 native businesses and be core part of their stack is to build out those partnerships and really back into their needs. So that's been the big focus recently up to this point now that we're live and we can really push on it. Engineers, we need, we need, we need engineers. <laughs> if you if you looked at, uh, in addition to the BDs uh, and partnerships, if you look at our roadmap right now, it makes me antsy of all the stuff that I want to get done. And, and just you know, if we, if we had unlimited time and unlimited money and unlimited people, then then I, we could get it done. But there's just so much exciting stuff that I want to build. So we need we need engineers. Deebs wants auto ramping. Yeah, let's get them auto ramping. We need the people to be able to execute. Yeah, I love the auto ramping idea. The engineers, if you're in the crowd, um, reach out to Carter so you can uh, potentially find out something there. But um, I know I deviated probably typically from the typical conversations when I went down the gaming rabbit hole a little bit there, but um, let's bring it back. So you relaunched uh, September 26th. It's been, what, three weeks now thereabouts. Just curious to know sort of what the response has been, what do you have any sort of uh, stats that you can share, you know, what the uptake's been like. Um, of course, I know that it's being it's geared towards crypto native people at the moment. So, how are crypto native people responding? What can we uh, learn here? Yeah, so it's 
been a great response from the community up to this point. I think it is pretty crazy that it, the onboarding option into the Cosmos space specifically compared to before Cotto and after Cotto are pretty night and day in terms of, you know, you have to buy Atom on a centralized exchange. You got to wait five days for your funds to actually settle on the exchange to then to be able to withdraw on to your self-custody wallet to then go to Osmosis, get to the token you want, and then send it over IBC to your ADAPT chain. There's so many friction points there. And like John said, we're trying to remove all of those steps. So uh, I, you know, the response has been great up to this point. There's a lot of excitement around uh, Juno and Osmosis and the Kajira guys are shipping like nonstop and they've got a really excited community that's rallying around them. And every time that we announce a new update with Kajira or uh, Blackwell DeFi integrated recently as well, or on ramp into their platform, um, ton, tons of excitement there. But I think that there's always going to be room for improvement. There's, this is not an easy platform to, you know, streamline in terms of managing banking partners, payment rails and crypto rails. And uh, there's always going to be areas that we can improve. And um, yeah, that's definitely been exciting though, to see their reception from the community up to this point. Yeah. On, um, on metrics, what we could say is, you know, one of our big, uh, you know, especially back in the terror days, we did some like sur- user surveys that were like, you know, what, what's most important to you in an on-ramp, right? Was it, is it fees? Is it speed? Is it, is it um, decreasing the number of steps in, and, you know, pretty, it, it, everything was important, right? Um, and so those are our pain points. You know, for us, uh, we focus on um, one, but there's a, a specific metric that we're really trying to nail down, which is that time to wallet, um, right? It, so, you know, if you if it takes you seven days to pull your uh, whatever out of Coinbase, you're, you know, if you need to manage your um, your loan value or something like that, like it's too late. <laughs> seven days is not fast enough. If you're trying to get in on some, you know, uh, DeFi 1.0 pool after seven days, who knows if it's still going to be there, right? And so, so time to wallet's really important to us. We're trying to get that down as, as much as possible in terms of overall usage. You know, obviously it's going to be correlated with the entire market. You know, how many people are on ramping or moving into crypto at all? Uh, but I'll say that there is there is healthy volume. Um, and we do see usage, and and we do see that a lot of the people that use use it are hitting that like two and a half minute time to wallet. Um, it, which is you know, what you want to feel is that when you do something, especially in crypto, right? Uh, when you do something within two minutes, it'll show up in your wallet. That's what you want to see. Uh, otherwise, people start freaking out about, you know, where's my money? Did it get lost? Um, so there's a, there's a lot of metrics that we're tracking, uh, but but overall, it is correlated with the crypto market in general. Yeah, 100% know that experience when I first got into crypto quite a few years ago. Now, I remember uh, the first transactions that would take <laughs> like over an hour, and I was just losing my hair. I was like, what have I, what have I done? <laughs> but um, Look, three minutes is good, and I'm sure that sort of thing is going to improve over time. But on that topic of uh, transaction time, I actually did notice in one of the other calls as well, uh, a user by the name of Citizen asked a question just about the recent uh, off-ramping support situation. There was, I think he was saying that there were some difficulties with people off-ramping just in the last couple of weeks. Are you able to touch on that briefly and what that was about? Um, so I think, uh, I'm trying to remember Citizen's question. I believe part of that confusion there is that the off-ramp is not live globally today. So users can on-ramp 
globally in 160 plus countries, Visa and MasterCard, as well as ACH bank, trans- ACH bank transfers here in the U.S. Uh, but the off-ramp is live in the U.S. currently via the ACH bank, tra- bank transfer rail. Um, again, another big update from us that's happening as we speak is getting that global off-ramp support into you know, 150 plus countries lo- locally around the world, paying out directly to your bank account. And uh, that'll be a big update to reduce a lot of that friction, just enable that global support that we know everyone needs. Yeah, that's right. I remember it now. So that was, yeah, because it was 4 p.m. Friday to 9 a.m. Mondays when it shut off in the U.S. And so at the moment with this, uh, what you're working on there, you'll have 24-7 accessibility for other people, uh, well, for people that are using Cardo. Um, with that being said, this is there any sort of alpha that you can drop about who the provider is that's going to be able to send to, you know, 150, 180 countries, or is that is that private information for the moment? Let's say we uh, probably keep that under wraps up to this point, just because there's you know contracts involved and um, you know NDA NDA involved, you know, up to this point, um, we'll definitely be promoting our partners in the best way possible in the future. But uh, yeah, I just want to make sure I don't overstep there. Hundred percent. Yeah, and, and just detail like the details of scope are still we're trying to figure that out. So before we you know lock anything in, we probably want to be careful about that. Yeah, certainly. I think my curiosity is not so much about the who, but it's more the when, being that, you know, I'm in Australia, if you haven't picked up on the accent. Um, I'm just wondering when this sort of thing would be available to me to uh, to use. Uh, well, yeah, to use. Uh, uh, timeline, let's say, like, I would say pretty soon, like less than a quarter, I want to say, but don't hold me to that. Well, I mean, less than a quarter is pretty safe. So at least a few extra payment methods will come through in in in, in probably the next month or two. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Cool. That's good to know. Um, yeah, because the way I see it, when I first looked at Cardo, my I, I had some trepidation around the KYC process. And actually, I've got a couple of Twitter questions here that I'll, I'll fire at you in a second uh, regarding. KYC, but I had some trepidation around uh, doing KYC just in general. Um, but I also see that being one of the, the the biggest factors for people, you know, the onboard. The, I think the type of people you're trying to onboard in future are the people that are, you know, KYC compliant in general and want to make sure that they've got that sort of feeling of security because there is that process. Is that a fair call? Yeah, I mean, K- K- KYC is one of those things where it's like it's the it's the it's the uh, accepted devil in the details, right? It, um, we you have to KYC to be able to on ramp, um, uh, uh, especially through some of our partners. So KYC must happen. Um, the the you know the good thing though is that we um, we're actually we don't actually hold any of the KYC data, so so it's not actually sitting with us. We we don't you know we can't get hacked by it or anything. All the KYC data is getting. Um, sent directly to our banking partners and KYC providers who adhere to like the you know the the best practices of data security and PII retention and everything like that. So so we don't actually hold any of that um, if that gives any comfort. But but KYC does need to happen with the sort of like you know banking providers that we work with. Yeah, and what I'll say is we understand that that's one of those uh, required friction points up to this point. Mm-hmm. But we're always going to be working on ways that we can 
maximize that process, reduce as much of that friction as possible, while also you know maximizing security for our users at the end of the day. Certainly, and that's what I decided this morning. I was looking at it. I was like, you know what, I will try out Cardo when the when it is available to Australians, and I'll just do it under a, you know a different account to my other accounts. And that's a pretty easy solution. I can have one foot in that world and one foot in the uh, more anonymous world. But um, that actually incidentally answered the question that I had from the Discord, which was, you know, uh, around data that's being held. Is it saved by Cardo? Which you obviously answered, no, that's not the case. Um, I am looking at, at one question that I wrote down and we'll wrap this space up in about 10 minutes time, just anyone that's listening. So if you've got any questions and you, you're desperate to ask them, um, put your hand up and I'll get you up real quick. But my last question, I think, regarding uh, just wanting a bit of clarity, there was something said about daily limits of uh, withdrawals. And so from what I understand, there's a tiered system, which is $500 for the first tier, $1,500 for the second, $3,000 for the third tier. And then Emery went on to say that it was, but there's a $100 million limit per year per customer. And I was like, the math doesn't add up, add up there. What's, what am I not catching? Yeah, the, the, so uh, our limits are the the tier of limits that you described. The hundred million is like our banking partners' limits, like the the, the entire like uh, the world that can, that is like possible to happen. You know, we have our own controls to make sure that everybody's protected. Um, uh, so those are the, the, they're those are different limits for different people. So our banking partners is the like the really high number that you can't hit really. Got it. Okay, gotcha. I'm, I'm catching what you're throwing. So what I'll do, I'll just check in. Anyone here want to jump up? And while anyone's potentially, while we're waiting for people to potentially jump up and ask a question, is there anything that you guys, you know, any news that you wanted to share, anything, any updates you wanted to provide that, you know, perhaps I haven't asked the right questions to coax those answers out of you? Um, uh, well, I, I get, go ahead, Vince. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, we covered a lot of good stuff here. Obviously, very excited about future integrations in the Cosmos and beyond, and specifically Cosmos native USDC. Uh, we're definitely going to be playing a big part there. We've got a really good relationship with the folks at Circle. They invested in our seed round as well and uh, have been pounding the uh, table to get native USDC over here in Cosmos and excited that it's happening. So uh, a lot of fun stuff to come once I can enable for sure. Yeah, and I'll say from from my side, you know, the the future vision, um, as I mentioned earlier, is to get a user into their crypto end destination, right? And so that could be a, a pretty large list of things that a person actually wants to do when they get crypto. And so, so our um, our vision is to help you get into that place. It's not necessarily to get you know Luna into your wallet or whatever. Um, that's table six. That's a middle point for 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 what we want to build as a, as a vision. And so the vision was we want to get you into your end destination. So that end destination could be like you wanted to mint an NFT or you wanted to have something staked or you wanted to be in a pool or you wanted to be you know in a swap or whatever it is. We we want to help you get there with as least as as few clicks as possible. Um, uh, that's the that's the vision. Right, because you know, Vince said there's a lot of friction today. There's a lot of places that it's like uh, if you're at all new, yeah, you know, you gotta pull up YouTube, you gotta look at tutorials, you gotta pull up Medium, you gotta ask a buddy, you gotta join a Discord. There's so many questions, uh, in so many points of just you, you, you're gonna do something wrong, or you're gonna mess up, or you just don't know what you're supposed to do. And so we're trying to eliminate that as much as possible. 
um, uh, through Kata. So this is a, a large journey. It's a large vision. And we're trying to, to get to that end vision. Um, sort of uh, related to that is uh, in trying to figure out what that vision is and what that journey is, we're always doing like also customer and user research. So um, if you, if anyone is like a, you know, you're a DeFi user, you're a crypto native, you, you have an opinion, feel free to send me a DM. Uh, we'll set up some time and I just want to pick your brain, right? Like, what is it that you do on, on Web3? What, you know, what do you use? What, what are your challenges? Always doing customer research. So, so feel free to DM me so that we can kind of like, so Kado, you know, being this community infrastructure, community on-ramp can build something that everybody wants to use. Sorry, I just realized my microphone was off. Um, I'm just going to bring up Madman and this will probably be the last question from the audience today. Two seconds. And while I'm doing that, uh, yeah, reach out to Vince if you want to conduct a little bit of, contribute to a little bit of market research. All right, Madman, I think you're up as a speaker. Hit us with it. Dr. Gascon, I wanted to thank you first for um, following up on that question about the daily limits. Um, I was in the in the midst of you asking that question and and his answer. I you know I found my way to the uh, the frequently asked questions, by which I saw the uh, the three thousand dollar limit per day after uh, twenty eight days of, of you know I guess of of usage with the uh, with the brand platform. Um, I guess that kind of ask you know that kind of answers my question as to uh, you know what it would take in order to get up you know to increase the limits um, if, you know considering you know that I'm I'm a regen you know not a degen but having renewed faith in the Terra ecosystem um, but I wanted to ask uh, um, and uh, you know no mean to pour salt on old wounds you know um, I, I'm not sure if. Uh, if you guys remember my face and the you know the bones I picked before, um, but I wanted to ask: Is Kado open? You know, does does Kado have an open mind, or will Kado have an open mind for the Terra Classic ecosystem sometime in the future? I mean, I know NFTs are still NFT projects are still you know trying to develop on the platform. There are protocols still trying to uh, you know trying to launch new ones. And I think some trying to you know, maintain, um, you know, what they have and trying, you know, trying to continue and maybe, you know, leverage um, some continuation, you know, on V2 and, you know, perhaps, you know, bridging the gaps per se. Um, we can look at Airbus protocol, for example, um, having, you know, uh, initiated their, um, you know, liquid staking initiatives for Terra Classic, as well as, uh, you know, Terra V2. So I wanted to ask, you know, where do you, where does Kato stand uh, with, you know, future implementations or integrations with, uh, you know, with Terra Classic and rekindling that flame? Yeah, yeah, good question. Uh, you know, Kato definitely has an open mind. We're not in the business of picking winners and losers or, you know, adding our opinion significantly into, you know, where we launch or the, ecosystems that we would prefer uh, folks to use. And, you know, that's, that's not our job, right? We're just trying to provide the infrastructure. So definitely, you know, keeping a close eye on the developments that are happening in that ecosystem. Uh, I think another thing to consider is just getting uh, the banking partner side comfortable with, uh, you know, getting back into bed, so to speak, with, with that chain after everything that happened and um, kind of the ups and downs of it all. So 
not a not an immediate thing that we're going to be launching, you know, today or this quarter, but uh, definitely something that we're going to be kind of continuously evaluating and, and seeing the growth of that ecosystem or what actually gets built there and the value there and uh, if there's if there's a need for us to serve it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you for the question there, Madman. That brings us right on the hour. It is 8 a.m. where I currently reside. I'm getting ready for my breakfast. But in the meantime, I just want to say thank you to both Cardo, uh, Vince and Cardo, John, for jumping on the call today and having a discussion about what's going on with uh, Cardo. And um, I just want to say thanks, everyone, to all of you for tuning in and sharing your time and um, your ears with us. What I'd love for all of you to do, if you've enjoyed the space, is to actually share it. Let's let's share the message of Cardo. Let's share the message, um, the, the lessons that have been taught today, because um, this is how it grows. You know, we we are in a bear market, and we are. Uh, who knows when the when the bull comes back around? But I think we are the ones that are keeping the torches lit. And so, the sharing of the content really does help. In the meantime, follow Cardo Vince, follow Cardo John, follow Cardo. Try out Cardo if you are in the US. Are there any other call to actions there? John or Vince? Well, you, I mean, try out Cardo no matter where you are. We're, 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 in, we're international. You just can't use banking if you're international, but card is available internationally. So try it, try it wherever you are. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're also a, a small team. So if you have any questions, send an email over to support. We're, you know, we're pretty, pretty decent about it. We, we know that it's important for everybody to know where their money is. Um, so try it wherever you are. Yeah. And uh, if any project or application that you guys love using or you're tight with the founders and you want to enable Kato integrated directly into the application to be able to onboard directly on, send them my way as well. We're always looking for new partners and new integrations as we speak. Certainly. And I'll be uh, reaching out. I'll do a little bit of the market research stuff with you guys and um, I'm happy to have that conversation. Moving forward, we've got a few exciting Twitter spaces coming up in the next couple of weeks. We've got, who is coming up? We've got Gravidow. We've got Skip talking about Osmosis. We've got, I think there's another Skelly Punks one happening. Those guys are, are there everywhere at the moment. And we've got a interesting NFT conversation coming up in the next week or so. So be on the lookout for those. Um, and as I said before, thank you all for your time, energy, and expertise. Carter Vince, Carter John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you, man. This is great. We'll do it again. See ya. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was What's the Latest with Kato Money, hosted by Dr. Das Coin of Orbital Command. Recorded on Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo, I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back, doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack not everybody's always in it for the money looking like another crooked sunday and i'm working monday so you know i ain't stressing left debate and great methods amazed to play inception the base stay blessed see even with these huge sums of overall royalties these sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time someone listens to one of their tracks leaving only some portion of that for the actual artists they can't even say they're making pennies, pennies per play. And t-
Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But, for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund Pennies, 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 Another day, another lesson, living in the eighth dimension. Might be worth a little mention, living in the Great Depression. Got a real regal feel, reeling in another sucker fish. Out to make a deal, just to make a motherfucker wish. Aw, shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true. In the dark, eating bullshit up like a mushroom. In the lunchroom, just trying to laugh it off. Meanwhile, foaming at the mouth like a rabbit dog. Like a fake mate and call at the zoo. It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too. I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it. It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music.